Network, a podcast designed for women working in financial services and financial technology. I'm Cheryl Brown, Chief Engagement Officer at Females and Finance. I'm also an international speaker on social and digital marketing, too. On The F Word, you'll meet leaders in the community, as well as learn more about recruiting, training, advancing, and retaining quality female talent. Let's take a listen to today's episode. Well, hello, everyone. I hope you are all ready for summer. I am. I have been in the house for like three months. I need to tan. I need to exercise. I need to get out. Today, we have a very special person with us. One of our male allies at Females in Finance is on the show, Ryan Metzler of Finlocity. Finlocity is a member-driven online community serving nearly 5,000 financial service professionals, and it's always growing. Members can access high-impact content, educational resources via their solution provider directory, which is amazing. Go on their website. It's really unbelievable. They have live and on-demand webcasts and online summits, which I have had the pleasure of speaking at, and featuring a bunch of different industry subject matter experts, thought leaders, people you and I are already naturally following today. And I just, uh, just so grateful that Ryan, whenever there is a webinar opportunity comes up, he reaches out, talks to me so that the community knows about it. And in April of 2020, I was lucky enough to be one of the speakers at the Alternative Investing Summit. So with that, welcome to the F Word, Ryan. Well, thank you for having me, Cheryl. It's uh, great to be here. <laughs> Absolutely. I always like to tell uh, listeners how I meet the friends in financial services and financial technology they meet. And with you, I'm going to be 100%. Uh, I, I totally stalked you. You had a webcast that you featured Sonia Dreisler on, who I respect. I have a mad mm-hmm. respect for Sonia. And I was like, well, what is this offering? And so you had all these great learning opportunities and objectives. And, you know, I reached out and said, hey, I love this. And I'd like to teach. And you were like, well, let's do this. I appreciate you taking a chance on me. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's been great great partnership working with you and it's it's been a pleasure working for females in uh, finance being a an advocate so i appreciate I, that we definitely uh it, it's worked out really good so so i definitely want to talk about finlocity today but i also would like to hear and i know the listeners would how did you get here in financial services how did you get to the point of what you're doing today tell us that story sure um yeah i'll, I'll i guess it all started um during the 2008 2009 financial crisis oh, fun uh, time to start a business. yeah i was actually uh i left a company and um i started working for a media company called uh, gds group and they were down on wall street in new york and we were hosting sea level conferences for uh technology providers and oil and gas bank people, you name it, all sectors, healthcare. And uh, I started out working on some events just as like a regular sales guy and a sales rep. And then I worked my way up to project management. And then I actually created a handful of uh, events for them. So like their Latin America mining event, um, their uh, endowment summit. And I thought, you know, this is a lot of fun. This is, you know, I love watching the engagement of people at these events. And, you know, at that time I was 
starting to get real serious with somebody. So I decided, you know, I, I need to move closer to that person. They were out of town. And uh, so I left and I, the company didn't want to extend me to work outside of their office. You know, they wanted me to work internally. And I understand that people are, you know, they got their reasons, protection of, you know, intellectual property and stuff like that. So I, uh, you know, I, built my own business and I started uh, a company called boardroom development partners. And for about a little, about five years, I ran boardroom development partners and we were doing about five or six events a year focused on bank trusts, officers and broker, independent broker dealers, RAAs, registered reps. Um, so we had a whole series of events that we were doing very, very successful. Um, but I got to the point where I, I was looking at the cost of running these events and really where the flow of money is going. Okay. So is it really a useful spend for somebody to allocate 80% of the budget to hotels, you know, where, you know, if you're charging somebody 20, if, if you have to charge $25,000, maybe, you know, 15 goes to the hotel, right? You know, it's, it's, it's like, man, it's large chunks. And, and rightfully so, I mean, they, they deserve to get paid for what they do. There is a premium on a lot of things. So looking at that in the, in the structure, how we are running the business, I thought, you know, ultimately what we're doing is we're gathering, we're bringing like-minded people together and we're showing them a presentation. And if we can eliminate the delivery or change the delivery method, we could probably cut out a lot of costs, not only for us, but for our customers. And so that's where I, and, and then I also looked at the demographics too. And this is kind of how I built Finlocity was, was looking at all these things, you know, with, uh, you know, with looking at uh, hosting these events in different regions, you know, the flight to go out to these events, the time out of the office. It was just a lot of pressure on people that you took, you, that no one really thought about during those days. You know, you just kind of went to the next event and just kept going, you know? Um, but I thought, I think I could deliver the same service at a much more affordable price. And then I switched the model and decided, you know, potentially we'll see where this goes, you know? I think that that's amazing. I will tell you one of the things that as a speaker, so I've, I speak at, you know, a normal year, 25, 40 conferences a year. I'm, I'm busy. I'm on the road. If not every week out of the year, at least every other week. And, you know, you mentioned something that I think a lot of financial service people feel in their soul. There's two things. One, I do enjoy having the in-person event and that in-person experience. I don't want to negate that because someone will argue and say, but you, you get so much more when you're in front of somebody. That is absolutely true. At the same time, for those who attend conferences, if you were able, if you've never actually been one of the people who have to host or and or um, you know, if you're a pay-to-play speaker or if you are at an event where the, the goal is to be more involved with the people, uh, the expenses that come with in-person events at conferences, I'll give you an example. Renting a television for your booth from the, because you, you know, got to do it from the hotel, right? And you're talking six, $800 a day sometimes. Mm-hmm. I want anyone in here to tell me who would do that on a normal basis. I mean, that's not including the internet that you got to yeah. line up in there and they want like hundred dollars a line and uh -huh. it, it just and electricity oh, yeah. for it. Cause you got to run that. Yeah. Right. You got to have some place to put it. So you have to run a table or a stand. 
So, $150 you know, coffee. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> up in Cristal, you know. It's but like... I will tell you this. If anybody ever wants to know what kind of strategist I am, I was at an event. This is a true story. I was at an event in Dallas, and I got wind of how much it costs for us to rent the TV. I, I'm a social media speaker. I had to have a television at our booth because that's what I was teaching, right? Mm-hmm. And I sat there in awe the whole time going, there's no way I would ever pay for this. So I get back to the office and we have a debrief. A lot of people do debriefs after events. And I'm sure we're going to actually talk about a few of those things that we should be doing on webcast in a second. But I thought it was interesting. My idea was, I said, you know, I was riding back on the plane. And when we did our debrief, I said, I I don't want to rent any more televisions anymore. And they're like, but we have to. And I said, no, we don't. I want you to buy a TV, Mm -hmm. have it delivered to the hotel the day that we are there. Mm-hmm. put it up. And then I want to have everybody come and fill out a nonprofit agency in that area who would benefit from that television. Let them come pick it up and take it home Brilliant. and got to write it off. <laughs> and it became a business expense that way. And we actually got to write it off and that's what we did. And so we would contact the boys and girls club in an area where we're at, or we would mm-hmm. contact, you know, uh, a Salvation Army center, you know, and say, Hey, you need a new television. Yeah. I'm like, great, we're going to buy one and donate it to you. They're like, this is brilliant, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, but I mean, you shouldn't have to think through some of these crazy thoughts, right? Sometimes. And I mean, and I'll tell you another one too, that people uh, don't also realize the cost a lot of times are like broom drops. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I heard yeah. you go, oh, big time. Yeah. Big time. Big time. You own them. You own them. Yeah. And so if you want, you know, if you've ever been to an event where you have the little gift sitting on your bed, you know, bed. Uh, I want you to know, please appreciate everything in that mm-hmm. bag, even the bag itself, because those are really um, not inexpensive trinkets at that point. They really are um, a big expense. And I think that what you've done with Finlosity is you've tapered down a lot of that excess and gotten down into the meat of, of what you're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, and something, if I could just touch on that real quick, yeah. a, a while back um, when I was hosting these events, I would always ask you know, a lot of people that speak on Finlocity are people that went to BDP events. They, they like the format and they know everybody um, or they like to meet people. And what they would always say to me is, you know, we go to an event, if I can walk away with one or two things, then it was really successful. It's like, it's not one or two, like sometimes it's one or two connections, but they're looking for information in a lot of cases or ways to improve their business. And I think, you know, that's, Ultimately, that's who we're serving. So, and I look at my father too, you know, he's in Western New York and Mm. it's hard for him to hop on a plane to go to a location. You know, he's got to hop on multiple flights. And and if you look at the demographics of where a lot of these advisors, you know, practice, it's all over the country and kind of spread out. Yeah. And it becomes increasingly difficult to find venues that are, you know, easy to get in and out of. Right. I mean, my goal is to keep everybody focused on the productivity that makes them money. And then when they're, they don't having little disruption to their day-to-day activity. And then when they want to do something with their time, it's something that they choose. It's not like they're wasting three or four days out of the office in having two days spent on travel. I'm not saying that all events are like that, but it can turn into that way too. And so that's kind of my angle behind uh, or my thoughts behind Finlassi and probably why we've had a lot of success even well, obviously during the pandemic, because it's the only thing that's really 
around besides your stuff too. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's why, you know, at the meetups, for example, one of the things that we do at Females in Finance is we have this uh, weekly, some of them, so like New York City Metro does a, a monthly, uh, you know, uh, meetup. Some of the others do them every six weeks. So maybe every other month that they have a meetup. And these meetups are not geared toward let's let's do a happy hour and talk about how wonderful we all are. I ask everybody to please bring their big ask to the meeting. Nice. And I want to hear what they want in the next 30, 60, 90 days to move their business. What because by actually articulating what you need and in, into a group of people, mm-hmm. you set their wheels in motion. Because yeah. even the ones who say that they want to be disinterested cannot turn it off. They cannot turn that off. And I think one of the things that I love about the way that you run Finlocity and you run, um, I will tell you right now, anybody listening, if I have directly benefited from being on the Alternative Investment Summit and speaking and oh, attending great. that. So I did have somebody reach out. Um, he is working on uh, joining us as a male ally. Very exciting. Yeah, I know. And it ended up we had a synergy of people we didn't know anything about. But just by speaking and being on that, I had a very uh, specific audience of individuals who reached right out, either connected with me. So I increased my connections, which increases my ability to amplify. But it also broadened the people that I got to meet and know. And so I think that's that's what's great. great about your the way you set them up. Can I do that at a live event? Yes. But at the same time at a live event, how many times have we been trying to get in front of that one specific person? Like you're trying to. It's hard. It's hard to do. And it's It's hard. It's hard hard to navigate and find them and they have schedules. And, you know, when I was doing the BDP events, we had a real scheduled meeting. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was really organized where we had like increments and we were blocking time based on people's interests and matching people. Um, just to try to bring that to hide, but yeah, normal conferences, you don't have that. You usually you have people walking around booths and it's disorganized in that sense. The only thing that's really organized is the speaker sessions. Agreed. Yeah. Agree a thousand percent. I know that since we're in the thick of this virtual world and working from home for some people, you know, it's really changed business for individuals such as yourself or even me working from home is... <laughs> It's a day. It's a, it's a Thursday. I mean, it's the same thing, but you know, with Finlocity realizing that you have this opportunity where everybody is at home, has it been business as usual? Has it been, and has it actually increased for you because people are more at home now? Yeah, it's definitely increased for us. Um, Everything but the bandwidth, (laughs) (laughs) like internet bandwidth. Yeah. It seems like that's the one thing that comes and goes um, every day. So, but yeah, no, it's uh it's we've been doing really good we're busy um we've got i think four or five events lined up for the fall it's end of summer fall fall time going into winter and we've got a handful of also consulting projects because we're going into uh where we're advising financial institutions and supporting them on their mm-hmm. event management online so yeah and i, I would see that like yeah they're training events and stuff too i think that would be really an interesting space as well. Yeah, I think we, we, we're starting to realize that we might be better. Like we, we're good. We like hosting the events. We enjoy it. We love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to continue doing that. But we really also enjoy helping others with their event needs. And it is new. You know, like when I started hosting the virtual meetings, 
I had a, for one, I'm not a big public speaker. So (laughs) I'm nerve wracking every time I'm on this thing. And that's cool. And, and, And it's like, actually, it's probably easier, but the, the challenge is figure like is is doing is presenting but then also managing the controls and knowing that set too so it, it was new as a learning curve for for me but nothing to be afraid of i'm a slow learner <laughs> no i think that no i think you're actually i think you're really onto something here and I, I i will tell you i'm the first one when you and i were talking one day just not even about podcasts or anything else i mentioned to you that if it when not if it's when we do have a conference for females in finance. I want a company like yours to be able to do something because I, I am not that person who is equipped to think of the details of all that stuff. I have the connections and I have the people and I can put the content together. Yep. I don't want to think about any of the other dynamics to it. Yeah, there's a lot of production that's involved when we hosted that alternative mm-hmm. alternatives of, uh, summit that you're on. Um, I mean, you're really coordinating with everybody and there's a lot, it's a full-time job. It really is. So. It is. And I want to make certain as the person who was on the, was the recipient of that organization. So for anybody uh, that knows me, I'm a stickler on, I like to be on time. I like things to go a certain way. I like there to have a flow. I like to know you had all of that done for us. It was, this is what time you'll show up. You're going to be on the call X amount of minutes early. You're going to then, I mean, you had it very down. I made it so easy. Like I literally printed it off and I was like, check. I finished that. (laughs) Check. I'm a, I'm a checklist girl. Oh, anybody on this? I mean, that's listening. I am the, and I'll even draw little boxes next to things. Yeah. Check (laughs) them off. Okay. And you had it, you had it all checklist format for us. And that made it so much easier to do because you had all the production part put into it and you had all of the, the calendar and the structure and you even condensed. I know originally we were going to do two days mm-hmm. and you were able to condense everything into because you had everything so monitored well down to one day mm-hmm. summit. Yep. We pushed it into a four hour event and it was, yeah. and you know, what's crazy is I, I, we had excellent speakers. Uh, you know, that was a really, really good event. Um, the, 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 everything just flowed really smoothly and we, mm-hmm. we managed to keep, I think about 80% for the full four hours. I mean, and that's yeah. hard to do, you know, it's very hard to do. So it was, the, yeah, it was well run. You did a good job. What do you see maybe as some of the trends for these financial service professionals and advisors post-pandemic as it pertains to educating the clients online or these online summits? Uh, you know, are, I think we're going to go and see more of these. I think people are less inclined to drop five grand. And let's be really honest, everybody listening. How much do you pay for your airline ticket? How much do you pay for your hotel? How much do you pay for your food? I don't even care if you're getting reimbursement from a, an organization. It's not the point of the conversation. How much are you paying for all of those in-person events? And I think we should still go to in-person events. Oh, yeah. But I don't think we need to go to 20 of them a year. It's a little too much, in my opinion. I do that. Yeah, I do that. And I found that I was able to be so much uh, better in the online, you know, on that online summit environment that you created. But I think it also took a really good online summit 
provider behind it too. I don't know if that would have, I, I participated at another one. It didn't go as well. Oh. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I was a little shy after that, but this was a phenomenal experience as a speaker. So but what are your thoughts about the trends after pandemic? Um, I, you know, I, I really see it changing, especially for, with, especially with COVID. I, I see a more of a push definitely um, even what for advisors meeting with their clients, I see like how there's telehealth. I mm-hmm. can see telewealth, you know, and it I just, hope you totally coined that. If it's not, <laughs> I want this marked right now, trademark yeah. wise that Ryan Metzler just said telewealth. Okay. <laughs> I'm just making sure I got your back. On that, dude. But you know, it's, it, it makes a lot of sense. If we can meet with our doctor, that's confidential, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's, we should be able to do that, you know, for advisors. And and what I found is a lot of advisors too, I think it could make their job a little bit more efficient. They don't have to have every quarter meeting with them sitting with their client. They could, I mean, it's, uh, but if they wanted to do it online, they could just quickly put it up on their screen, have the client click one link and then boom, there's your face. And that, that might work for some clients. It might not work for others, but I think it, I could see that really streamlining a lot of people's business, especially with all the new regulations coming on and back office paperwork people have to do to be compliant. I could see that maybe being a help. I agree so much with this that I recently did a couple of other podcasts myself where I was on and I made two pretty bold predictions. I believe one that post pandemic commercial real estate is going to hurt. Yeah. I think people are less inclined now that they've been home, they've run teams, they've gotten through the, the rough part of running a virtual team um, that I even made a comment, I think on it was who really cares about your fancy pillows in the front hall? Right. Nobody cares. No. Nobody, no. nobody missed them. So if that's the case, I, I think that we're going to see a lot more uh, people going to maybe even just we work environments where they come and do meetings together with people and then they all retreat back and into their space because Mm -hmm. I think people reclaimed that time that was spent in commute. Yeah. They reclaimed that money spent. I think some people who are very, uh, you know, SRI and ESG friendly are realizing that their cars are not out commuting spaces. They're Mm -hmm. not out, uh, you know, from a communicable disease position, you know, and infecting others with even simple things from pink eye to a common cold. So I think that you're being very smart and forward thinking and, you know, one of the things I would like to do is wonder is that if we're going more to this online conference and webcast experience, how do people make the most of that? What do you see that people are most successful who attend those when they're like advice that you would give them around that? So the whole, uh, I guess for me, when I was, when I look at like an online summit, I try not to think that we're doing this online. You know, I, I try to think like, hey, this is still going to be in person and they should still, everybody should still have the same sort of touch points. Like when it comes to like being in a summit guide, being featured before the event, um, you know, proper recognition, I think is really important. And then, um, so I would, I wouldn't deviate too much from a normal event style. Honestly, I would just say instead of standing on a podium, I'm going to do it on a microphone in front of a camera. Yeah. 
that's kind of what I had to do. That's the mindset. You just have to switch. I think an easy switch like that and just going for it. And it's a little bit easier now too, because other people are doing it. So I find that some, I've been on a few online summits that where the chat feature is that lists the attendees, they mm -hmm. have it turned off so you can't see the attendees. And mm -hmm. I think that's really a mistake mm -hmm. because sometimes you want to, because I would be able to see them if I was sitting yeah. in an event. And unfortunately, that has to do with some of the, the functionality of some of the services that are provided with the webinar services, the technology that's out there. And they, they can provide you with the ability to speak. Um, there's, there's, there's good things, like you're saying, and there's also challenges um, with it. I know we're exploring ways to have like a side chat with people, you know, kind of on the side and be able to engage with them, you know, without having a discussion with everybody else. Yeah. You know. Well, and I think that Zoom and GoToWebinar, those are the ones I feel like I'm in most often in these environments. Maybe WebEx, but, you know, I think that they, I like the fact that I can hit the private, you know, and send a message. Mm -hmm. uh, and that works for me. And I think that that's plenty. I mean, I'm talking where you go in and you look at the attendees and it will only have your name. And it's like, right. I can't. I think, yeah, down the road, it's I so think it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you hiding from me? Yeah. Well, I mean, and who knows? Down the road, these things could get more involved where people, you know, build out a profile of themselves, you know, kind of, and then they use that profile for different events. And that's them, you know, like that's, and that way you're, you're not just talking to a name, you're looking at someone's profile. Maybe there's matching that's involved, you know, yeah. like this could go to a whole different level, I think. I um, do too. Really, we're just, we're in real infancy. You know, like if you think about it, we're two, three months into like a, you know, an issue and, and we're, we're being pretty innovative, I think. You know, we're finding ways to communicate without meeting with each other. And that's a big stop. And I was I reading. Just, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, I agree with that because I was reading the morning brew this morning and it was talking about Zoom and their revenue. And it's up like 313% or some crazy yep. number, you know. And they could have never anticipated this either, although, and I, and I, at the same time, they are getting zucked because, you know, Facebook's creating these meeting rooms and stuff that people can go into. And, and so I, I that was a matter of just time. Like yeah. someone's messing in on my space. We're going to go and make some money and, on that. And I, I think they're going to keep evolving. Yeah, they are. And I can tell you this, I've been on the phone with GoToWebinar and also Zoom and they, they've got a lot of stuff in the pipeline that's coming down and you know, the more demand comes more innovation. So I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. I am too. And I do like the idea of what you just mentioned there about, I wish there was a, an ability for us to have like this one online kind of hub will be from speakers where you can list everything out. And then from there, the summit sort of branches off, yep. if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, and it carries over and into, because I think that Part of the frustration as a speaker, too, is people who, can I have your bio in your headshot? Can I have your bio in your, it's on my LinkedIn. And right. still people are going to ask me for my bio in my headshot. Like it literally says, this is my bio and my headshot, you know? So I think that if we had a hub like that, <clears throat> then Lost City should build, that I would love to have something like that because from a speaker bureau, if you will, if you want to even call it that, yep. that's something at Females in Finance that would be very attractive to our members. It's been good. And we found that we, we actually have a FinStars page, like a speakers mm -hmm. bureau sort of thing. And mm -hmm. we list our speakers in there. Um, 
and people are checking it out. You're right. I I think that we could probably do a better job with the linking on it, but that's internal. We can We're going to talk. Don't yeah. worry, folks. We got this. <laughs> All right. So I like actionable education. So I always ask our speakers, you know, people on the calls to tell us something that they would love to impart on a listener. Like how do they grow themselves or how can they do something after they close off of this podcast and immediately act on something? What would that advice be? I would say the first thing is if you're not going to events online, go to a couple to, you know, take a look, see what it's all about and, and try a few different companies that are hosting them too, because not all are equal. <laughs> Amen. Um, As a speaker, yeah. I'm saying a big, I'm giving you a testify from behind. <laughs> I've seen some interesting ones, but you know what? It, it's just because they're, it's not what they do full time. And I get, yep. I mean, I don't do a lot of these things, full, you know, but I, I try not to be the person speaking on these events. I'm not, I don't have the education behind it. So I just host them, you know, and, and, and same thing. So it, it's, it's fairly new for us. So I can only imagine what it's like for others. I mean, even yeah. though it's been two years, but uh, I would been, say check out some great. videos, check out some videos. And if you're looking at hosting, you know, download zoom, it's free or, or, or try go to webinar or whatever's out there. And, and just have a conversation with some of your friends or family on it. It's a great tool to just have a 45 minute call with somebody. Yep. So on the free version. Yeah. I, I think that's very generous. 45 minutes personally. Yeah. I think there's a lot of meetings place, that right. we're trying to keep to 30 minutes. So they're like, well, this, I, I, I mean, I'll be the first one to say that my husband owns a financial service business and he's like, I can't be on a phone for 45 minutes. Like he literally can't do it yeah, so he's still on a free version and he just does all of his meetings and he's in there right now doing one everyone so there you go. yep it's there you uh go. it definitely works so i love to wrap up meetings with fun questions and i put all of my guests through them they don't okay. get these questions he's already giggling because he knows because i if i send them to him ahead of time everybody plans them out you all your financial service planner freaks i can't do yeah. that we wouldn't have fun so are you ready for your questions ryan I'm ready. All right. <laughs> Here's the first one. And I have to answer them too. So we're in the same boat together. Okay. If you were offered the position of mayor of your city, would you take it? I would. Ooh. I would instantly. That was a power move. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I, and I, you know what it is? It's because I'm definitely, I'm, I, I talk with a lot of people that are involved at that level. And I, and I really, I think I'm finding myself being more involved with the community yeah. that the community. is, you know, and I want to be able to help more. So I think I would take it. Yeah. I love that. So I live in a town of 22,000, 100% if they offered it to me, I would take it. Yeah. A hundred percent. I voted, everybody should vote. I mm -hmm. voted and it's, I go to this little, Daryl and I go in this little church and we walk back in the thing and there's like little people there that they drove up in their trucks. We live in a very small town. Mm -hmm. Although I live 15 minutes from downtown St. Louis. I mean, that's how quickly you can be removed from a fairly bustling city. Mm -hmm. So if they offered Arnold, Missouri, I'm, I'm ready for you. You're ready. That's uh, it. All right. <laughs> how about this one? What board game do you like the most? Ooh. I mean, I... I, Monopoly is my go-to. I, I always play Monopoly. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to tell you a true story. And I wish my husband, I wish he was in this room. I will not play Monopoly with him. 
no. cheater, Daryl Hickerson <laughs> Jr. You're listening to your wife right now and you cheat at Monopoly and you know it. And he would be laughing because he does stuff like this. I was playing with him and his sister and she's like, so Angie, would you like to buy Boardwalk for $1? Well, yeah. I guess, Daryl, I would. Daryl, would you like to buy, you know, and would you like to buy your boardwalk boardwalk back for three thousand dollars? Why, yes, Angie, I would. I'm like, hey, you just bought let her you lent her twenty nine ninety nine. No. Yeah, right. he, it's like it's not in the rules. Oh. Yeah, so I'm watching him. So me, yeah. If I have to pick one, I'm picking sorry. It's so much more sorry. me now. Now you understand. Like I love love nothing more than hitting that. It, ah. Sorry, and I push him off the screen. <laughs> I've never but, played that. Oh my gosh, it is so evil. It looks like it's so like you know. That's probably why my kids are like sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, yeah. So that might uh, might get almost hear my daughter. She'll be like, "Oh, we're not playing that, are we?" But yeah, no Monopoly for Cheryl. It literally puts me in a funny farm. I can't do it. Can't do it. Uh, how about this one? What's your favorite day of the week? Ooh, I like, you know, I like Thursdays. I like Thursdays. A lot of holidays on Thursdays. Yeah, <laughs> holidays on Thursday. I mean, don't get me wrong, Friday's a great day, but I feel like I get a little distracted, you know? And yeah. from a work perspective, I like Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday most. Tuesdays are rough because it's like, it's like legit Monday. Like Monday shows up and says, it might be a holiday, it might not. Right. I'm going to psych right. you out. <laughs> but Tuesday's like, yeah, well, I'm here. I got you. This is right. it. This is like the Mondiest Tuesday ever. This is it. It is. So I'm Tuesday's not my favorite. No, no. What's yours? Um, I would say that I tend to like. I do tend to like Fridays. Yeah. Uh, I do. I'm not gonna lie. I enjoy doing the wrap up. You know, one of the things that we try to do at Females in Finance, at least, and with Unified Financial Network, Daryl's company, is we try to close around one. Mm-hmm. And I just bought a bike, so we're trying to go biking in the afternoon nice. on Fridays a little bit. I'm trying to do a little something, a little uh, harmonizing my health a little bit better. It's so good. I, I go, I've been going on a lot of walks. I find myself going on a ton of walks. I go fishing now. You're now a fisher. A right I didn't know that. Yes, I, I go fishing just about every day after work for about oh my you know, gosh. 30 minutes. You and I, we've known each other more than a minute. I never <laughs> knew you were a fisher. <laughs> oh, my get gosh. Out. See, this is why, now friends, this is why we ask you questions like this on the podcast. I'd have never figured that out. So now I know. know. Work-life balance, very important. I didn't take it serious enough in my previous life and it's it's, it's so important. So, you know, Ande Fraser, I I quote her all the time. She's probably so sick of this. She said the best thing I've ever heard about that. And that's why I keep remembering, you know, Ande Fraser is CEO of My Worth. And she said, there is no such thing as work-life balance. There's only harmony. Because yeah. your sound is different than my sound. And harmonizing your life is what your goal is, right? And I think that that's so true because otherwise we get guilted into uh, it. Into, do, you, you know, do you have balance? Do you do self-care? Do you do all of these things? Whereas instead, if you're just asking somebody if their life has harmony to it, which I think that's very true. And I will say that mm-hmm. one of the things that I have learned from being in quarantine since March 11th, we're almost in three months now. <laughs> yeah three months almost. It's a long time. We just got married in December. So I tell everybody, you better be thinking about that poor man. (laughs) He he married me and then we had quarantine. He's like never going to get rid of her. 
ever. She's never going back to work ever <laughs> again. But, you know, I will tell you that the things that I have learned about myself in this time, one, I am a workaholic. I'm a certified workaholic and I'm trying to stop. And two, that I don't miss the travel as much as I thought I would. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's kind of nice. Like I literally am growing tomato plants, friends. I don't even know who I am. You know I what? I'm know growing who. vegetables too. Oh my God. Yeah, I, I, I felt like a calling to it. Now yeah. I didn't go all legit and build out an entire garden. Okay. I got a <laughs> potted plant in the front with two tomato plants that I take care of. Like they are one of my, two of my grandkids. I come out and I check on them every day and then I make sure they got water and I count all the little flower things on it. And Daryl is so sick. Like every day I'm like 19 flowers. He's like, yep. Mm -hmm. And he walks by. You you know, if you ever want a good lesson on patience, it's farming. And I'll tell you that right now, because I, you know, I planted seeds and I've, I'm not like a professional or anything that I'm like, this is taking a long time. I'll never eat like a piece of fruit or a vegetable the same way or look at it the same way. (laughs) You grew it from a seed though. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I, I went, tried them. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, so you're like legit. What I did was I went to the nursery, uh-huh. and I was and how this even went down was I went to the nursery, and we went to go buy some other flowers, mm-hmm. and believe it or not, we bought these these butterfly bushes. They're called Tutti Fruities, and so they attract butterflies, and so there's this 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 little thing shelf of all these plants, and I looked at it, I'm like, oh, and she goes, oh, they're the land of lost plants. That is literally the only thing you have to say to Cheryl Hickerson that my heart's like, well, then you just have to come home with me. Right. I'm going to save you, you know? So here I am in tow with two beefsteak tomato plants. And Daryl's like, what you going to do with those? And I said, well, I've got that pot on, you know, in the front yard. And he's like, mm-hmm. I don't think he thought I would do it, but we did. We planted them. And he even bought me like a little trellis thing and they're growing up. And I'm so excited. Like they are just watching little children. I'm like, look at them grow. Well, I think one thing that COVID's done that positively has made us realize that there's a lot more than what there mm-hmm. was to oh. life. You know, like it's like you, you take, you, we took a lot of things for granted, definitely. And I a thousand percent agree with that. Yeah. And I think I've also noticed my neighbors. Yeah. We live in a private yeah. community. We have like 29 houses here or something. And I now know more neighbors right now than I've ever known in the three years I've lived here. Yeah. So yep. I, I, f- I feel like I actually feel a responsibility to our neighbor. I'm like, has anybody seen Dave? Has anybody yeah, seen right. <laughs> so, you know, so as we all are on a constant alert with each other, but I do think that that's good. And I think it's kind of like the olden times, if you will, of mm-hmm. when we did actually know our neighbors, we did actually care yeah. that their car was home or wasn't home or whatever. So it's a, it's a different world. So I'm glad, but mm-hmm. Now I know that next time I see a fancy fishing lure, I know what I'm sending Ryan yeah. for his oh, birthday. Oh, please do. <laughs> Look at you. I know. Please do. I go through them pretty fast, too. I, I don't know what it is with this pond, but it's really shallow. <laughs> <laughs> the, the land of lost lures. Yeah, That's where I it is. Yeah, a field of them in there. I That's what fish. you got to start calling it, though. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, I appreciate you being here today. We're going to make sure we provide a link to all the ways to reach you and connect. You are you. such an amazing person in our financial Thank services you. community. I feel like you're just uh, somebody that everybody needs to know. I can't, In fact, I literally said your name this week earlier before I even remembered that we had a podcast. I was like, oh, I got to introduce you to Ryan Metzler. So <laughs> I try really hard to get you connected to everybody, but I'm really grateful for you and your expertise you're wonderful. Likewise, likewise, Cheryl. I really appreciate that and uh, appreciate our partnership and you hosting this uh, podcast today. It's Absolutely. A lot of fun. And 
This was fun. And so I, for all the listeners out there, thank you for listening to today's episode of the F Word. You can learn more about today's guests and the topics we covered by visiting the links we provide on the episode page. And if you love this podcast, because come on, you know, you did, we want you to hashtag females and finance so we can follow along and engage with you as well. We always want you to remember the effort. It is where females and finance are not dirty words. Thank you everyone for listening.